Another Way to Play, episode 118. I will tell you this, that your income is directly proportionate to the number of people that you're serving and helping. Your income will definitely be directly proportionate to that. Hey, this is Ken Walls, CEO of Client Solution Innovations and founder of the Grow Live Academy. And if you want to learn to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, then you should be listening to Another Way to Play with my good friend, Hans Strazina. Welcome to Another Way to Play. I'm your host, Hans Strazina, Olympic athlete turned top producing Bay Area realtor. I believe that your success or failure is determined by your ability to compete and win when it comes to your mindset. Twice a week, I talk with other high performers to share the lessons and inspiration that allowed them to blow the roof off their success. So get ready to have some fun, be inspired, and most importantly, learn the skills you need to win in your own life. This is Another Way to Play. I am your host, Hans Strazina, and I believe that your success or failure in life is determined by your ability to succeed and win when it comes to your mindset. Man, today, guys, I've got a real treat for you. I know I've said that a few times, but this one is powerful. Today's guest is none other than Ken Walls. He's the CEO of Client Solution Innovations and the founder of the Grow Live Academy. In this episode, we talk about an awful lot. If you've heard him interviewed on other shows or read his book or any of that stuff, you probably know some of his story. But he is someone who came from a, a tough upbringing, had drugs and alcohol in the home, found his way into that life while simultaneously starting an eight-figure business in his 20s. Lost that one due to his alcoholism and all the uh, negativity that comes along with that. Started another one did the same thing. And it wasn't until 34 when he had this epiphany. He was sitting in a bar and he had a very frank and not so nice conversation with somebody there that woke him up to the realization that he needed to change. And that coupled with the fact that he realized he needed to start focusing on helping other people get what they wanted is what has blown the roof off his success. We also talk about some of the conversations he's had on his show with people like Andy Frisella and Grant Cardone and some of the advice that they've shared, as well as some relationships he has with Zig Ziglar organization. So I know you're going to find some serious value in this one, guys. You're going to want to listen to it a couple of times because there is a lot in here. Mainly put time on your side. I know I've said that before. He reaffirms it and we get into some really good conversation there. There's no shortcuts. And if you focus on helping others, you'll get there as long as you do it time in and time out all the time. If you get value out of this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review because it really helps the show get in front of a few more people and gives me some great feedback to make sure I am always delivering the highest value I possibly can to you as a listener. So without any further ado, thanks for that. And let's get into this interview with my buddy, Ken Walls. Ken, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's an honor to have you on. Hans, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for asking me to be here. Absolutely. Well, thanks for accepting. So let's get right into it, man. Like, what are you working on today? You know, Client Solutions Innovations and Grow Live Academy. You've got a lot of stuff going on your website on social media. Tell us about what you're into today. I'm always trying to figure out how to expand and grow, man. That's it. I'm always working on marketing 
and making new and bigger connections. And, you know, I have a lot of people taking my course now. So I'm always adding to the course and putting more content in there. And so I'm, I'm constantly working on stuff, man. Promote, promote, promote. Right on. Yeah. And I know it wasn't always that way for you because even as your bio says on your website, you know, you had some success and you'd go back to failure and success and up and down and sideways and forwards and backwards and all that good stuff. So let's back yeah. up in the story and, you know, you've got a lot going on now, but I'm sure it wasn't that way forever. So where did your journey actually begin? Well, I mean, you know, I was raised in a crazy household with a lot of drugs and alcohol as a kid. I saw the adults around me doing that stuff and violence and it all started there and I was headed in a really really bad direction in life and in fact you know for vandalizing some stuff at 12 years old I was arrested my very first time at 12 and oh my gosh yeah it was uh <laughs> I was a hellion man I was rebelling against everything that was going on you know childhood and and of course, I didn't realize that till many years later, but I, you know, I built a multi-million dollar company in my 20s. And here's the one thing about me, man. Even at seven years old, eight years old, you know, I saw all the kids, I'll say the rich kids, the kids that had parents with money, you know, in school, they were wearing all the name brand clothes and all the, you know, and I didn't, we wore just whatever my mom could afford to get us. And mm -hmm. I always hated that. So at seven, eight years old, I was going door to door selling lawn mowing services. In the wintertime, I'd go out and sell snow shoveling services and shovel people's driveways and sidewalks. And, you know, I was always hustling and trying to figure out how to make money. I'd sell, I'd buy chewing gum at the store and, and sell it for a profit at school. So like I was always trying to, and I, I, and I did, I made great money as a kid and bought my own name brand clothes. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. It sounds like that was sort of fueled by envy or some kind of like negative emotion for lack of a better term. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and it kicked you into this entrepreneur sort of hustle mode from a very early age. Yeah. What do you make of that as far as where it took you and where it started. Cause I think a lot of people, especially in podcasting and online and YouTube and all this stuff want to talk about finding your purpose and your passion and helping others and stuff. But then you're telling us that you started because you wanted to buy some name brand clothes that you couldn't afford at the time. And it, and it kind of got yeah. you into action. Like how does that mindset starting from maybe a place of want or lack or arguably negativity get you into a place where you are today? Well, dude, you know, I think that, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about, you know, the ego is a bad thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, for me, the ego, yeah, I mean, it can be definitely be a bad thing, but it can also be a good thing. The ego, you know, is what got me to, to admit years later that I was an alcoholic and get, get some help for it. So, because my ego was bruised by, by an event that occurred. And, and so, I mean, it was probably more than that. It was it was being told by people that I was worthless and all of these other things as a kid. And I always felt like I just didn't fit in. I wasn't good enough. And and it was like I was out to prove them wrong. You know, I had do you know who Andy Frisella is? Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. So Andy's wife is a good friend of mine. Andy's a friend. I had Andy on the show. And I said, dude, 
there's this thing about you, like you have this insatiable appetite for success, this drive that like, you know, this, he's just a badass. Am I allowed to say that on here? Yeah, bring like, it. <laughs> and, and, and I said, dude, you're just this freaking badass when it comes to making money and making it in business. What is that that drives you, you think? What is it? Do you know what that is? He goes, I know exactly what it is, dude. He said, I was picked on a lot as a kid and I never had anything. We were poor. And I always said, I want more than that for my life. And so he goes, still today, I'm living my life to prove them wrong. And that's kind of where mm. I come from too. When he said that to me, it's like, ding, 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 ding. I knew that that's exactly what I was feeling too. And so yeah. that's kind of been a driving force for me, just being you know, I'm definitely not as insecure as I used to be, but I, I was, man, I was terrified of everything. And now today it's a lot different. You know, I told you before we started the show, I just got a text message from Grant Cardone a little bit ago. And, and, you know, so like basically asking me to help him with something. So today it's a completely different ball game for me. Ken, I got to say though, like, I've had that feeling like I grew late, you know, I was, I was shopping in the boys section until like freshman year of high school kind of thing. And yeah. I hated that. And so it drove me for sure. So I can absolutely resonate with what you're saying, but like, how do you take something like that, that negativity that you were just talking about with Andy and you and me just now and turning into something positive as opposed to, you know, shutting down and going internal and saying, well, I'm probably, they're probably right. I am probably a loser and I am probably a jerk. And, you know, I'll probably never amount to anything. Like, how do you avoid that direction? Because I feel like that's a very easy place to go, especially at a young age like that. Dude, that is where 99% of the world ends up. And they live an entire lifetime listening to those voices, telling themselves those stories over and over and over, and they internalize them and they settle. They settle for something less than what they can have in life. And they go work a job or they that they hate, but they do it for 30, 40 years, whatever. And then they retire and then they die and they call that a life. And to me, dude, that's not a life. I'm 52 years old. Let's say I got another 50 years, maybe I'm being optimistic. But what mm -hmm. if I have another 50 years? What am I going to do in the next 50 years? Right. What am I going to do to make an impact in this world? And it's not for me, it's not, a, although I make incredible money, it's not about the money today. It's a, and, and I wish I would have known this a long time ago and lived like this in my 20s. I wouldn't have lost a multi-million dollar company and all the other losses I've experienced. And that is, if you live your life with that passion of, of I'm going to prove them wrong, but along the way, my primary purpose is going to be helping other people do whatever it is, grow, experience a better life have a better lifestyle, get out of their own fear, learn how to stop shopping in the boys section and go shop in the man section because you learn how to take the right proteins and you learn how to pump iron, you learn how to work out. And look, I'm 52 now, man. I was just like you. I was always this little pipsqueak. But dude, when you get older, when you're 50, you're going to be like, all right, I'm big enough. How do I start losing some of this shit? Now, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like you get to the point where it's like, okay, I've gained enough. But like, you know, it really does come down to Andy told me, cause you know, he does three, $400 million a year now. And he told me he made $55,000 in his first 10 years in business. Total, yeah. total. Like that's 5,500 a year. And I said, dude, 
on the podcast. I said, dude, you could have made more money flipping burgers at McDonald's. And he goes, I know. So I told my partner, I said, look, he's like, see, I was all about, I wanted the women. I wanted the money. I wanted the cars. I wanted the, you know, all these things. And so my partner and I are sitting in the store one day, the same store that he used to sleep in the back of. And he said, you know, I said, I can't do this anymore. We've only made 55 grand in 10 years. That's insane. And he said, and this woman walked in and started, she was crying, telling us how our products changed her life and did all these great things. And when she left, he goes, that's it, dude, right there. I don't care if I ever get rich. That's why I do this business right there. That's what we're going to focus on is helping people. I don't care if I ever get rich. He said, and dude, right. It was like, God was testing me, man. And as soon as I said, I'm going to make it about helping other people and less about me making money, that's where things took off. And it's the same exact thing for me. It's the same exact thing for Grant Cardone. It's the same exact thing for everybody, man. I mean, anybody that I know that's super successful, and I know a lot of people that are super successful, man, they make it about helping other people. Personally, I struggle with that sometimes because I get it, right? You want to help people get what they want so you can get what you want. But how do you do that in a way that's authentic and real? Because, you know, ultimately, if you're trying to make a sale, you're getting a commission or you're trying to make a profit in your business, right? Like there yeah. is a selfish motivation here, even if you're helping Always. them get the result they want, right? But like, how do you work that through with someone, especially who's struggling with that mindset so that they're like, yes, I can absolutely help them improve that person's life and I can get what I want in the process. And those are mutually beneficial and that's good. Yeah. So, and Zig Ziglar, have you ever heard of Zig Ziglar? Of course. That's where I heard that quote the first time from. So his daughter, I built her website, Julie Ziglar, who's been his editor forever. And Tom Ziglar is a friend of mine, his son, who's the CEO of Ziglar Companies. So they gave me this when I was down in Dallas at their headquarters. I can't, I got to be careful with my green screen. But the yeah. very inside flap of this little, it's called Zig Ziglar's Little Book of Big Quotes says, you can have everything in life one if you will just help other people get what they want, right? That he's, mm -hmm. That's his most famous quote. Yep. And so I read that many, many, many years ago. Zig was my hero, man. That's who brought me up in sales and everything else. I read that quote way back 30 years ago. And, you know, it had a feel good feeling to it. But Here's the thing, man, when you're in your twenties and thirties, like you literally are trying to figure out how do I get mine, right? Yep. That's what you're trying to figure out. I was in my twenties. I built an eight and a half million dollar a year company, man. So a lot of people do get theirs, but you know, as far as keeping it longevity, like you, you want to play the long game because I honestly, there was a time when I, I didn't think I was going to live to see 30. So I'm like, well, I'm going to enjoy the hell out of life. Yeah, while yeah. I'm here, right? Yeah. But you know, here I am 52 and I'm like, oh my gosh, man, I had no idea I was going to live this long, you know? Yeah. And so play the long game is what I would say is, you know, probably there's a good chance you're going to have a long life, 70, mm -hmm. 80, 90, hundred years old, right? So if you're going to have a long life, let's say you're going to live to be 90, you know, and you're 30 right now. Well, that's 60 more years. And although it goes by super fast, it's still yeah. a long time. So 
What are you going to do along the way? I will tell you this, that your income is directly proportionate to the number of people that you're serving and helping. Your income will be definitely be directly proportionate to that. So focus on that. And I know it's hard to do, man. I was out chasing women. I was chasing money. I was chasing booze like crazy. I was chasing everything, man. But the more you focus on all of that stuff and, and not on helping others, I mean, life gets difficult, way more difficult when you function at that level. So I'm getting the sense that you had a moment here somewhere in your late 20s where this all came to a head. And whether it was a rock bottom or it was someone said something to you and you shifted, but there had to have been some mindset shift in there. Can you talk to us about that and, and where you went from running that eight and a half million dollar company to, it sounds like it didn't work out, right? And then now you're in this very new place mentally and otherwise, like where was that shift for you? How did that happen? I was a raging alcoholic and, you know, and by the way, I, I had a great life. I mean, I had a lot of, I had all the toys. I was a 27 year old living in a neighborhood of 50, 60 year old attorneys and doctors. And they hated me. I was riding wheelies on my dirt bike through the neighborhood. They, they hated me. Yeah. Man. You were that but guy in the, I was that guy, <laughs> in the neighborhood. Yeah. Oh yeah. They hated me. So look, when I was, when I was 34 years old, I had another company because I had lost that one to drinking and, and all the craziness that went with it. I had started another company and long story short, I was drinking that one into the ground as well. And a guy sits down on a bar stool next to me and says he's ready to start working for me in a couple of weeks. He put in his notice at his job and I said, what the hell are you talking about, dude? I'm not hiring. And he's like, you told me if I put in my notice, you'd hire. I said, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. I, I'm not hiring. And he got really pissed off and said, you know, everyone around here knows you're nothing but a worthless drunk. Why don't you go get some help? And, and so I, um, at 34 years old, man, I had to surrender. I surrendered to the fact that I finally surrendered after many, many, many years of this. I finally surrendered to the fact that I was an alcoholic. And I needed to get help. And I went and I got help. And, and you know, I saw people like Eric Clapton in, in these meetings. And, and I'm not breaking his anonymity because he's very open and public about it. But, yeah, yeah. you know, I saw people in these meetings that, that I was like, holy crap, a dude worth $600 million is in here. Like, what the hell? And, you know, and then I started hearing Steven Tyler and other people. Like, it made me go, okay. I need to work through all this. So I worked through it all. And it's, that's been over 18 years now. And I highly recommend it if you're a party animal that you don't do that. Like it, yeah. it does not help anything. So when you just realized you had to surrender, you said you surrendered to that reality that, that you were sort of, it sounds like trying to push off as many of us do. We have a vice, we have an issue. And whether it's an alcoholism or something like that, or maybe it's something quote unquote minor in your world that you're just trying to cover over and hide. Yeah. You said something which is you realized internally you had to surrender to the fact that that was a real thing and deal with it head on. Was that really what changed for you ultimately? Yeah, I got out of denial, man. I was in denial forever. And you know, a lot of people are, I don't even know how many thousands of salespeople and trained them over the years. And I've had salespeople that just shouldn't be in sales or they need to go get some really, you know, good training or have a wake up call or something. But, 
you know, and then I've had people where, dude, all you have to do is start applying yourself, like pick up the phone and make 150 calls every single day. I'm not good enough to do that. You will get good enough to do it after you do it, right? Go mm -hmm. knock on mm -hmm. doors, bang on doors, walk in somebody's place of business or knock on house. You know, if you're selling something, I mean, learn how to do the actual work. I'm going to tell you, man, I looked for all the shortcuts. I've had sales jobs in the past where in between businesses or, or what I was, you know, trying to make some money working for somebody. And I will tell you that I looked for all the shortcuts and I couldn't find them. I looked and looked and looked and I could not find those shortcuts. I would drive around businesses for hours knowing I needed to just stop and get out and knock on their doors. And, but I, w I was scared to death to do it. I don't know why. And I know a lot of people that get paralyzed in that fear and fear is the number one. I mean, look, I, at the end of every one of my shows and I've interviewed 300 entrepreneurs and celebrities and you know, at the end of it, I always say, what do you think the number one thing is that holds people back from success and true happiness in life? And the number one answer is fear. It's all of that fearful self-talk that we have. Mm -hmm. I wrote in my book that I wake up every morning to the judge, jury, and executioners, man. They want to kill me every morning I wake up. They're there in my head going, stay in bed, you loser. I mean, it was this crazy stuff, right? So yeah, yeah. I had to reprogram my unconscious mind. My subconscious is what's controlling my life. So I need to get control of that. And you had this realization in this acceptance almost of what is, but then of course you've had 34 years of bad habits and inner dialogues that have led to that judge, jury, executioner soundtrack that's in your head still. But yeah. then how do you go about reprogramming yourself? Because it sounds like it wasn't necessarily the business idea wasn't bad. It was clearly good actually. Yeah. And you know, the business practices, maybe not, but it, it sounded like it was absolutely everything to do with you and the internal and the subconscious. Like how did you go about making that shift one day at a time dude honestly there's no magic switch there's no um i wish there was if there was mm -hmm. and i knew what it was i would be the wealthiest man on the planet right mm -hmm. there's not a magic switch there are steps that you can take you know i've read the books i mean i have a whole office filled with books i have people send me their books so they can be on my show and i have read so many books all of Grant Cardone's, Gary V, Mark Cuban. I've studied the greats, man. All of Zig Ziglar stuff and Brian Tracy. And, and you know, I, I there's a book that I love called Beyond Positive Thinking is a phenomenal book. And so, again, the subconscious mind is controlling your life. It's controlling everyone's life. And when you start working on how do I get control? If I have 60 to 80,000 thoughts on average per day, and as Dr. Joe Dispenza says, 95% of those thoughts are negative, yep. and, or the same thoughts I had yesterday. He also says that as humans, we embellish everything. So we're making up lies that we're telling ourselves. So yep. 50% of those thoughts I'm having every day are lies that I'm telling myself. How do I get control of that and really get into my truth and get into my life and the reason that God put me here on this planet? And for me, it's been writing, man. I write down 
Every day I write down my goals twice a day. I write down positive affirmation, I am statements every day. I'm a coach too. That's my favorite thing in the world is I coach on a very high level. I coach some big names I will not go into, but I'm a coach on a very high level. And one of the first things I do, and these are multimillionaires, a lot of these people that I'm working with. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, look, you have too much negative chatter going on in your head. And I hear when you start talking, I hear nothing but all this negativity coming out of your mouth and we need to fix that. And how do you fix that? Let's start with writing out some positive affirmations every single day. I want positive affirmations. Take a picture of them and send them to me every morning. Text them. I want to see that you're working on this and you're physically trying to alter your unconscious, all of those synapses that are firing in your brain. Man. It's great. I love what you're saying. Like do some work that's giving you some positive affirmation work. Like bring some positivity into your your day, into your morning, every single day. Just start there. That's one small thing you can do in control. But how do you, of course, then someone's initial thoughts going to be like, what do you mean? I'm going to write three things down every day or, or look in the mirror and say, I am a millionaire. I am a great person. I am this and that. Like, how do you then get them to buy into or, or just personally, how do you focus on buying into it, even though you might know it's not true and it's hokey and all this other stuff that I'm sure you as a coach run into? Yeah. And so what I say to that is say, if I was coaching you and you said, nah, I don't really believe in all that, I'd say, well, Hans, let me ask you a question. How is what you're doing now working for you? If it's working for you, then keep doing that, dude. I'm not going to, I'm not trying to change you. You have to want it. Like, I'm not going to want it for you more than you want it for you, right? And so I always say, look, man, if you want to change, I have a roadmap and I guarantee you it will change you if you follow it. If you don't want to follow it, then stay where you are, dude. I don't care. I really don't. (laughs) It's on you, man. You're the one that paid me almost $6,000 to freaking work with you. And if you Mm -hmm. don't want to jump on this train and really like, you know, that I don't know what to tell you, man. Like you get, you got to get, you got to get with the program and the program is it works, man. It's your subconscious mind. That's screwing up your life. It's your yeah. thoughts. It's your thoughts. And if you fix your thoughts, look, I'm not the guy that made this up. Okay. I'm just, I'm regurgitating what I've heard. I'm friends with Mark Victor Hansen. He's the co-creator of chicken soup for the soul. Mm-hmm. He holds the world record. He sold over 600 million books. Nobody's ever done that. You know how he did that? He told himself he was going to do that over and over and over and over. Everybody was like, oh man, we should shoot for selling 10,000 books our first year. And Mark's like, 10,000? I think we need to sell a million our first year. So he did. Yeah. Right? It's all about the conversations we're having with ourselves. Here's the problem though, Hans. People say, I did that and it didn't work. Yep, that's true. They do say that. Yeah. Okay, well, let me explain how this works. Hans, if you wanted big, big guns, right? How many push-ups do you have to do to get the big guns? Many, a lot. You do them until (laughs) you get the big guns and then you keep doing them. If you want to keep the big guns, right? How many bench presses do you have to do until you get the big chest? As many as it takes, and then you maintain it, you keep going. It's no different with anything else, man. Like people say, I did that and it didn't work. How long did you do it? Well, I did it for 
six weeks. Dude, you're an idiot. It's not going to work. Like I've done it for, you know, 18 plus years now. Like it takes a long time. You have yeah. to keep doing it every day. And so, yeah, anyway. And that goes back to something you said earlier in the interview, which is playing the long game, putting time on your side. I had a basketball junior high or high school basketball coach that would always talk about practice makes perfect is what, you know, the common saying is, but he would always say perfect practice makes perfect. And then, you know, he would add in something to the degree of time on task over time is how you get good. And it's so true. It's so true. I mean, some of us are gifted with height or some physical ability or a, a propensity to be outgoing and ask questions of other people naturally. And others of us have to train that to be a good salesperson or to be a good leader of some kind. But either way, you put in the work and you put in the time. And I think that's a big problem with my generation. I struggle with this personally of like that instant gratification. Like I want it next week. I want it today. And we forget. And I think it's Tony Robbins that says this, but you know, one year or like you overestimate what you can do in a year and totally underestimate what you do in 10. Right. And when you really start to apply that, to yourself, it's amazing when you kind of lose that short-term view of everything, how things can take off and go crazy. Yeah. And and Tony does say that. And I love Tony Robbins. He changed my life 30 years ago. And, you know, again, and I still watch his stuff and I listen to his stuff. That's the other thing. You know, I think that there's this thing called Instagram envy. Oh yeah. Because you get on there and you see, and, and no offense, man, but Dude, there's kids out there in their 20s and 30s, and I call I can call them kids because I'm 52. Mm-hmm. But you know, they're renting a jet that sits on the tarmac for three or four thousand dollars just to go do a photo shoot inside of a private jet. Yep. So they can post them on Instagram and look cool. And it's like, yeah. dude, that's not life. That's not real life. Yeah. And that's stupid. You just use your only credit card to put three grand on it so you can take some pictures in a jet. That's insane. That is not what's going to blow you up. Hard work is what's going to blow you up over time. And there's nothing that you can do to change it. Now, here's the thing. Zig Ziglar used to say, sure, I believe in luck. The harder you work, the luckier you get. Mm -hmm. Right? And so it's a matter of, Yes, luck is going to come into play, but dude, you have to put in the freaking work. You have to work. There's no shortcut. Trust me, if there was, I would have found it, man. (laughs) I I looked everywhere. I really did. Yeah, man, Ken, I I really appreciate your time. I could, gosh, I could sit here all day and talk to you about this because you and I are, while a little bit apart in age, agree on almost everything uh, here yeah. clearly. And I really appreciate you you bringing some perspective on for the audience and for myself, frankly, too. Um, but I, I want to transition us to the last section of the show here called the Focus yeah. Five, which is the same five questions I ask every guest on every okay. show. Are you ready? I'm ready. First question, what book have you gifted most often? My own. Walls of Wisdom, Turning Pain into Profit. Perfect. And I'm assuming we can get that on your website, which we'll put down in the show notes. But where where's the best place to find that? You can get it on my website, kenwalls.com or Amazon. It's just going to end up taking you to Amazon anyway. So and actually, you can go to kenwalls.shop and that's my Amazon influencer store. So perfect. And, and it's listed there. 
if you could get an hour of somebody's time, past or present, live or dead, and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why? Donald Trump. It's an interesting one, given the time we're in with the election coming up. Can yeah. you expand on that a bit? Sure. The guy took a $1 million loan from his father and turned it into billions, lost it, and then became a billionaire again, and then ran for president against all the odds against what everybody was telling him to anyone. Yeah. And he's been under fire and he just keeps going, man. I'd like to know what in the hell drives that dude. Like where's his tenacity come from? That's insane. Most people would have said, you know what? I'm just going to go back to my $11 billion in the bank. And this is BS, man. I'm out of here. Y'all ungrateful bastards. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. That's what I would have said. Hey, you know what? I'm out, man. You can have this, man. I, I don't want this job. I'm going to go back <laughs> to my gold plated house. Yeah. Yeah. What is one thing that you believe most people would disagree with you on? One thing most people would disagree with me on, probably that there are no shortcuts. <laughs> yeah. Because I would have. Yeah. I would have disagreed with me. Yeah. I agree with you on that one. So maybe I'm in the minority on that one. <laughs> yeah. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. How do you like to start your day? I wake up, I get a cup of coffee, and I spend an hour meditating every day of my life. And I have for the last 17 years. I meditate awesome. every single morning. It's the most important part of my day. In fact, Hans, I'll be late for a meeting before I miss meditation. Nice. Yeah. When you say meditate, because I hear that a lot, what do you actually do in that hour? I meditate. What does that mean? I shut my eyes. I sit Indian style in a dark room. I listen to soft music with my AirPods, my AirPods mm -hmm. Pro. Mm -hmm and turn on the noise cancellation. So I hear nothing except for nature sounds and I meditate. I quiet my mind and I ask God for guidance. Shit's hitting the fan. God, please help me through this. Please, I need your help. Let me get through. But see, that's talking to God. Praying is talking to God. Meditation is listening to God. Mm, great distinction and thanks for breaking that down. Yeah. We mentioned your website. We've mentioned your book. What is the best place online that we can connect with you? I mean, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm everywhere, man. Grant Cardone taught me that, man. Be omnipresent. Be everywhere. So I am. Easy to find. And we'll link all that down in the show notes, guys. You can find the book. You can find the website. All the social links right down in the show notes. And go show Ken some love. Go check out some of the stuff he's got going on. Ken, man, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure to have you on and you really brought some heat today. So thank you for that. Thanks, bro. I appreciate you having me on. And that's a wrap for today. If you want to get a copy of Ken's book or just check out what he's all about, head down to the show notes. I've got everything queued up down there so it's easy to find. You'll also find my website, hansstrazina.com, as well as my Instagram handle at Chief Snow. If you want to get social with me, head down to the show notes and find all that stuff. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Really appreciate it. If you got some value out of it, you know what to do. Subscribe, like, share it, leave me a rating and review, all that good stuff. I'd really, really appreciate it. And yeah, without any further ado, we are going to log it off. This is Hans Strazina, host of Another Way to Play. And remember to make every chapter better than the last.